Welcome to another episode, episode 43 of Cup of News. In today's episode, we're not going to be talking about politics. We're going to take a step back from all that. What a change. What a change, I know. We, I think we had a nice spree of talking about politics, what's happening in the world. And, you know, we're taking a step back. We have not been on any of news sites for a little bit. So it feels good to be refreshed from that. Mm. And I think it's a great time to talk about the seven most important micronutrients for a healthy lifestyle. Mm. Kick it back, talk a little about something that's important, something that we could all implement and change within ourselves. So bring back power to us. And those micronutrients are going to be vitamin B6, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, iron, and folate. Yeah, of course, there's more vitamins and minerals out there, but I feel like these are one of the top seven ones that are not being hit on as much as they should, just because they do a lot of they help with a lot of processes, they help with a lot of enzymes that help with our DNA structure and our genes and just our immune health in general. Another big one that we didn't put on this list, but vitamin D is also big, but I feel like there's a lot of talk on vitamin D, so you guys should be getting enough information. These are kind of like some of the still overlooked ones that, that we could say. And vitamin D has so much benefits, we could probably do a whole episode of vitamin D. Yeah, plus we've mentioned vitamin D multiple times Eve, on multiple episodes about its benefit. It's a benefit into preventing, you know, COVID and everything mm-hmm. um, based on the the su- support system that the, what's it called? The COVID virus, right? Taxes yeah. spikes. Is it the renin angiotensin one? Right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about other, other ones that are just as important. But we remember that doctor that we listened to recently? We, yeah, we still have to fact check him. So I don't want to really bring it up. But he basically says that the winter season is literally just a deficiency of vitamin D, which makes us so susceptible to viruses, right? He was saying that there is no cold and flu season. There's just vitamin D deficiency season, which is probably another reason why we probably should fact check him, make sure what he's saying is right, and do a whole episode of vitamin D. Because vitamin D does a lot of things. It's, you know, it's one of the main things needed for DNA function, for cellular growth. And it's every, if I'm not mistaken, almost every single cell in your body has vitamin D receptors on it. Yes, it does. That's how important it is. And what a beautiful source that the mm-hmm. sun provides that to us. If right. we, um, I think he also mentioned that you could stand literally like in a little suit, little bathing suit in winter, like let's just say in Chicago, the, you know, in the higher hemisphere, and you will not make any vitamin D because mm-hmm. it's just a UV index and, you know, the sun can't can provide it for you. So you have right. to supplement it during winter. Right. Yeah. But on this episode, guys, like Matt said, we're going to go over vitamin B6, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, iron, and folate. So on top of the list here, we have vitamin B6. And of course, there's different B vitamins and they have different names. They're not with, there's a vitamin B3, B2, all that thiamine, all those names. But we're going to go with vitamin B6 on this one. And vitamin B6 is important for your central nervous systems to function properly and also your metabolism. It helps create new red blood cells. Specifically, it helps create hemoglobin. It creates neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. Aids in fetal brain development, which is very important during pregnancy, especially when you're trying to ha- have a kid. Make sure your your you know future child doesn't have any kind of like neurological diseases or, or issues that, that happen to it. The vitamin B6 plays a big role in that. It also helps the metabolism, like we said. It helps metabolize proteins, fats, and carbs. It also aids in proper cell nutrition because it literally helps you create proteins, fats, and and carbs. So vitamin B6 is is hugely important. Um, me and Matt take or Matt and I take a multivitamin every day. Yep. And it has all these that we, that we go over. And if you're not taking a multivitamin, obviously the best source for these getting these vitamins and macronutrients or micronutrients and these minerals is through a food source, right? But we don't always hit that food source, right? Yeah. As, as we should. So it's always a good supplement with some kind of a multivitamin, even though 
you know, you think you're getting from your diet, it's always good to have a little bit extra. Yeah. A lot of these guidelines that we're going to go into and these recommendations, those are like the minimal recommendations. And a lot of these vitamins are water-soluble, so you can't really overdose on them. Yeah, and think about it. Like, these are micronutrients that we're talking about, so sometimes they're just overlooked because you just, your body needs them in a small amount. But if you fail to get them, you could have a lot of issues and, you know, vitamin deficiencies are a real thing. Just like, you know, rickets and the whole vitamin D that, that happened back then. We started having, you know, fortified cereals. Mm-hmm. But when I look at like what the recommendations is regarding vitamin B6, if you're 14 and up, you need anywhere from 1.3 milligrams to 2 milligrams. And if you consume three ounces of, let's just say, tuna, you're already getting 0.9 milligram. Mm. So if you're somebody that's consuming meat, like liver, beef, poultry, tuna, salmon, and a fortified cereal here and there, let's just say banana orange, which has like one banana has 0.4 milligrams you're honestly good to go with vitamin B6. So yeah. this is a nutrient you should be getting from your food sources easily. And if you go on our show notes on our website, couplenurses.com, you guys can see we broke this down very nicely for you. Each vitamin has its own section where we outline what it's for, benefits, and then we talk about the minimal recommendations of how much you should be consuming every day. And then we also go into common foods that, that contain it. So yes. like vitamin B6, like Matt said, it's going to be majority of your meats, your salmons, and three ounces of yellowfin tuna is 0.9 milligrams of your daily recommendation, which is like 50% if you're above the age of 19, basically, yep. or almost all of it. And then we also have some cool links for you guys if you guys want to read more about this kind of stuff because, you know, we do our research. We don't get this on top of our heads. Most of this is research-based. Some of it we know offhand. But yeah, we definitely have some... Definitely check out our show notes to get some more information. With yeah, you. and definitely check out the website because we finally have a lot more help and it's going to be updated. So take a peek at the website. Like literally every single week, there's going to be new things added on, including mm-hmm. something that's getting launched in April, right? Yeah. So next up on the list is vitamin C. Vitamin C, when you hear vitamin C, it's most commonly associated to like immune function, immune health. Uh, back in the day, sailors used to get a disease called scurvy, which was characterized by swollen, bleeding gums and opening of previously healed wounds in the ocean because they wouldn't get enough vitamin C. They weren't they didn't consume a lot of citrus fruits. They weren't able to just get it from it. So if you don't consume enough vitamin C, you're going to develop scurvy and that's a terrible disease to disease to have. So research shows that vitamin C is associated with less likelihood of getting sick, even lowering the length and severity of a cold. And vitamin vitamin C has been shown to assist in iron absorption, wound healing, cartilage, bone and healthy teeth. It also assists in creation of skin, tendons, ligaments, blood vessels. It plays a key role in forming collagen and protein, the protein needed to form collagen, which is basically where our cartilage is made out of. And also has antioxidant properties, which assists in breakdown of free radicals. But I feel like still with the whole free radicals and this whole oxidative stress and these antioxidants, it's still like kind of up in the air. Yeah. Because I feel like it's very like on the fence, 50-50 down, down the middle for the most part, because you have reaches going both ways. And even, I forgot what the doctor's name in Harvard is, Dr. Sinclair, he's he's like the main researcher in Harvard that does anti-aging. And he's basically saying that antioxidants aren't as beneficial as, as we think they are. And it sounds like a pretty process, but it's not really as effective as we, as we think. But yeah. then we have all these other articles that are showing the benefits of antioxidants and preventing cancer and cardiac disease and all that yeah my, my theory is is that like you know how like we keep discovering things like we just figured out about a cell and we just kept going on like we thought that free radicals are you know we understand that our bodies like as it's a chemical reaction that's happening all the time in every mm-hmm. single second so we thought that antioxidants are the reason that you know that they could clean up free radicals and prevent all these chemical reactions from creating bad cells and tumors and you know right. on and on 
But now that we're realizing how genes play a role and epigenetics and how genes can get regulated on and off based on what you're consuming and everything else in the environment, I think this is why like antioxidants aren't as important as we once thought. Yeah. That's my just theory on it. Mm. It's not my, it's not the be all end all. We have to do our you know research still yeah. on it. We never know. Like it, it could be. You know, science is beautiful because it's not always right and wrong. It's just how much we know now and how much are we going to know about it in the future? And can it be useful to us in the future? Because if you think about it from like one standpoint and arguing that that antioxidants are, are beneficial, you can think about it in a way that to an action, there's always a reaction, right? When you break down a molecule, there's going to be byproducts, right? Yeah. And the theory is that these byproducts are causing oxidative stress, are causing free radicals which then antioxidants bind to and it kind of stabilize, which kind of does make sense. It does make sense. But the thing is, how detrimental can you, how detrimental are these free radicals? Are they causing that much damage where, you know, it's something that we need to buffer or is it really just not something as detrimental because our body ends up using the byproduct in some way, shape or form in the future? No? Yeah, and just like nature just reabsorbs mm-hmm. and does something with it. You right. know? Yeah. And when it comes to vitamin C, so it's water soluble, meaning that it's going to get excreted through the urine, which is cool. It just gets absorbed directly through digestion. For example, if you have something fat soluble, it has to get broken down by bile first, and then the intestines have to actually absorb it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need anywhere from 75 milligrams to 2,000 milligrams. And I think I took sometimes when I'm sick and I'll take the emergency packets, I'll take like 5,000 mm-hmm. in a day. Nothing happens to me, but of course, if you go past the 2K mark, um, be careful for nausea, diarrhea, abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. And um, you could actually get something called liposomal vitamin C for those that are interested. And what uh, liposomal vitamin C is, it's um, laced around with uh, soy lecithin, and it actually makes it easier for you to, it, suppose it makes it more bioavailable and it bypasses the stomach, which where, you know, the cramping and nausea could happen. Yeah, so by bioavailability, it means that less of it gets destroyed and more of it gets used up by, by your the body. the stomach acids, yeah. yes. So let's say you're taking 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C, normally you wouldn't get the full 2,000 being, being absorbed. But if you do it the way that Matt was saying, it becomes more bioavailable and you're going to, instead of getting the 1,000 out of 2,000, you might get like 1,750 or yes. whatever. Those are just stone numbers. I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but just to give an idea of, of how it will work. Right. Number three on the list is Vitamin E, I mean, I haven't really looked into vitamin E up until like I, well, look at, until we wrote the show notes. I haven't really like looked into it very, very much, but no it, it came about up. It. No one talks about it. And, I, and it came up, I just Googled, you know, most important um, vitamins in the body and vitamin E popped up on mostly all the blog posts. So vitamin E, vitamin E is a fat soluble vitamin compared to vitamin C where it's not excreted e- through the urine as vitamin C because it's actually stored in your body. So technically you don't need as much vitamin E as you need vitamin C because your body can store some of it. It gets stored in, in your fat. The downfall is the more fat you have, the more of it's being stored, but the slower it's being released. So you would think that, hey, I have more fat, I could get away with less vitamin E. That's, that's, that's actually opposite. You would yeah. need more vitamin E because more of it's getting stored and less of it's getting, getting absorbed in your bloodstream and your, by, your, by your cells. So. Vitamin E deficiencies most commonly occur in people that have like fat absorbing issues like Crohn's, celiac, cystic fibrosis, things like that. Obviously, it impacts your gut. It's also going to impact vitamin E absorption because it is, needs, it is bile and it is fat soluble. Uh, vitamin E plays a crucial role in the vision, reproduction, antioxidant properties. And some studies are even showing a decrease in incidence of heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and certain cancers, which is pretty cool because vitamin E 
The only thing I knew about vitamin E before coming into this is vitamin E was always for the eye. Yeah, they always talk about carrots, remember? Mm, like, yeah. eat your carrots because you need vitamin E. Yeah, and it shows that people that have appropriate intakes of vitamin E continuously throughout their lives, they have a decreased incidence of age-related conditions like age-related macular degeneration and cataracts. So that's actually pretty cool. I wonder if they could, how, how impactful it is post the disease. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody has cataracts and age-related macular degeneration, I wonder if vitamin E can help those symptoms to kind of subside. Yeah, not, look, yeah look I was better. also curious while we're talking about this is, you know, you need a, you need bile to digest fat-soluble vitamins and mm -hmm. minerals. So what happens if you get your gallbladder removed for those that have cholecystitis? And, you know, you could still produce bile because mm -hmm. the liver produces it, but it's not as stored, it's not as like as available. Right. So even though you take pills to break down fat, I wonder what happens with your absorption of vitamins in this. Right. Because it's less natural, technically, you know? Mm -hmm. I've never thought about it, but that'd be pretty cool research. Yeah, definitely, definitely, dude. So common sources of vitamin E. So tell you guys, if you're above the age of 18, all you really need is 15 milligrams of, of vitamin E. That doesn't seem that much. Uh, one ounce of almonds gives you 7.8 milligrams of vitamin E. So, you know, you could eat, you know, two ounces of that and you're fine. Or even if you cook with certain oils, uh, wheat germ oil, one tablespoon of wheat germ oil is 20.3 milligrams. Nice. So imagine adding that to like your salad dressing. You already have already more than you need for the day. Yeah. You know? And really quick here, because on our notes, we have that canola oil actually has a vitamin E as well. And mm -hmm. I know we talked about canola oil being an industrial seed oil, which is bad for your body. So instead, for those that are listening, if you want vitamin E, olive oil actually has, um, let's see, 13% of your daily value of vitamin E. So if you consume one tablespoon of that, you already, if you're cooking with olive oil, you yeah. already, you know. I wonder how much avocado oil has too. Even ghee, I wonder if ghee has it. Or Let's ghee is not plant-based. Yeah, yeah, it's clarified butter. Yeah, but yeah, definitely do the olive oil over the canola oil. I'm actually going to change the show notes as we, as we speak. But yeah, I'm not, I never had wheat germ oil before, but 20.3 milligrams, you know, that, that's a lot. And like Matt and I said, vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin. So you don't necessarily need to always have that 9 or that 15 minimum. Yeah. Right. So if you make a salad dressing out of olive oil or, or out of, you know, wheat germ oil, you might not always get a 20.3 milligrams, but you might get like 15 because you don't always aren't always going to have just a strict tablespoon of oil with your salad. Right. You can have different seasonings and stuff. Exactly. I was actually thinking about like, you know how we take all these supplements as well for vitamins and minerals. How often do you really have to take them daily? Like if, if it's a fat soluble and it gets stored and it could get released in increments for your body then do we really need to take a multivitamin, let's just say daily? Can it just be every other day or every mm -hmm. two days? Because just like every other industry, now we always break down industries. There's also the big industry of supplements, right? Oh, yeah, it's huge. And I wonder if like, you know, how swayed is it really when it comes to taking multivitamins? Like theoretically speaking, some of the multivitamins, they don't always have your fully daily recommended value of, of multivitamins, yes. of vitamin, right? So maybe I mean, we could probably take a look at ours once we hop on this episode, how much vitamin E it has. Because... Vitamin E, it's only 50 milligrams daily for an adult, right? It's what they need. Maybe that one that we have has like six. Because like we, like we said, it's fat soluble, so it gets stored, right? So you don't need it as much and as often, theoretically, if it's yeah. stored. But you still want to have like a maintain an upkeep, right? So you, you don't really, you're not really sure how much of it your body's releasing to your tissues, do you? No, right? we don't. So just because, you, you know, it says 50 milligrams and you th you're a healthy person, you eat these foods, doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to get that 50 milligrams, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might get eight in a day, sometimes you might get 20. But when you get that 20, guess what? Your body is going to probably store a five of that or whatever it needs, right? So as long as you're hitting some kind of amount, this is just the minimum of, of, of a daily, of our, of our, right? Yeah. 
So if you're eating 100 a week, you're, you're probably pretty good. You know, you gotta be careful so you don't overdose because it could lead to some other issues. Yep. So always consult with your primary doctors, mm-hmm. you know, that would be always a disclaimer. Yeah. So when it comes to the fourth one, um, it's magnesium. It's actually the four, fourth most abundant mineral in the human body as well. It's uh, one of the electrolytes. We literally look at them every single day in the morning. We replace them if they are on, um, I was going to say CRT, but that's phosphate all the time. But we replace mag like around the clock, especially with cardiac patients. We always want, you know, um, mag above two and K, which is another mineral as well. You want always want that above four. Um, so it's crucial for cardiac function. It's um, cofactor more than 300 enzymes in the body, which is freaking amazing. It helps regulate rhythm blood pressure, brain health. Um, it's always, it's even used for muscle contraction when it comes to protein synthesis and it actually helps the calcium uh, muscle, uh, calcium channels to relax in the, in the muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when like my eye twitches sometimes when I'm like, I don't know if it's dehydrated, sometimes I think I'm just low on mag when my eye just twitches and I'm like, yeah. damn, I need to get, take a supplement or eat a few bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's interesting is that with muscle contraction, uh, magnesium actually competes with calcium, like Matt was saying. So when your muscles contract, they use calcium. And then when your muscles relax, they actually use magnesium. So that's why it's popular when you have cramps and stuff. You're probably low on magnesium somewhat or potassium or, or even, you know, sodium. And what's when crazy about these minerals is there's always the balance beam, right? So if you have too much, like, phosphorus, that's going to inhibit your ability to absorb magnesium. And your magnesium is going to be low. Mm. So you always want it to be the balance beam, you know, just like, for example... Um, having a high salt diet, it binds uh, cal- calcium binds to excess sodium in the body. So when it gets excreted, you technically lose it because mm-hmm. your body's trying to get rid of sodium to regulate, right? So losing sodium and magnesium at the same time? Calcium, calcium. Oh, calcium so I'm, I'm just giving an idea of how minerals are working because mm-hmm. this is what I'm kind of reading off to. So having a high processed table salt diet, you're actually going to lose too much calcium, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it could become an issue because then you like deplete sulfurous sodium and then um, your bones could become brittle. And yeah, because your phosphorus stuff. is off and your body releasing more calcium and your bloodstream is not enough, so it's pulling from your bones. Yeah, so when we say that, hey, processed foods lead to osteoporosis, I mean, that's the breakdown of how it happens. It doesn't happen. It happens over time, and this is just a daily process of too much sodium. Right. Yeah. messes up your bones, guys. Yeah, true, and the same with, like, the artificial, uh, I don't know, how would you call it? Not sweeteners, but the salt, artificial salt, you could say. Like that MSG? sodium? No, like, you know, like salt alternatives. Instead oh. of sodium, they use, instead of sodium chloride, they use potassium. You know, so oh, that can yeah, be detrimental yeah. to your kidneys because, you know, if you're taking a lot of alternative salteners that are high in potassium, then that's sometimes damage to kidneys. That's why it's even worse for you than the actual salt itself. Yeah, even food for thought, that's another episode we have to do as mm-hmm. well, is just looking into these artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Because, and you know, and, and salts, and supposedly, you know, they have zero calories and sometimes you could have them on an empty stomach and they're not going to like mess up your fast mm-hmm. right having zero sweeteners but what do they do to the body because it's technically like artificially stimulating you know neuroreceptors right. in your brain right but that's that's another topic we have to literally learn about yeah. so for adults above the age of 18 anywhere from about 310 to 420 milligrams of of magnesium seems like a lot because in the hundreds but it's only milligrams so it's not too much um your four or five cereals have a lot of it there's popular or prevalent in beans and edamame. A half cup of black beans is about 60 milligrams. Half cup of beans isn't, isn't that much. And then uh, one ounce of pumpkin seeds is actually 156. So this is definitely, you should definitely hit all these, you know, at least for magnesium, you should hit this number every day. 
I, I don't see why you should. It's all prevalent in foods. Um, it's there's no reason why you, why you won't hit it. Yeah. Plus, like, there's a lot of research too that points that um, there's a correlation between depression and magnesium. Mm-hmm. Having like a low level of magnesium some, somehow causes these neural imbalances for the brain. So stay on top of that kind of food and magnesium. I think it's very, very beneficial, especially in the winter months as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is zinc. And we've heard about it again with COVID and vitamin D. Those are those two minerals. And zinc is another mineral, mineral sorry, and aids in a lot of uh, functions. And it's responsible for over 100 different enzymes. One of them has to do with gene expression, DNA, protein synthesis. Um, it stabilizes structures between the RNA and DNA and the ribosomes and the cells. It has to do with collagen formation, wound healing, and a lot of the immune function, which helps control inflammation, which was a whole cytokine storm, and the aggression of WBCs. So a huge thing for the immune system that we've, we've been actually supplementing vitamin D and zinc, both for patients, right? Yeah. And the physician was saying that if you have proper vitamin D levels and proper zinc levels, it's almost impossible for you to go to, into cytokine storm. Because it's regulating inflammation. Because it's, yeah, because that's how important it is. And that's how important zinc and vitamin D are together, where there are some studies are showing that you can't go into cytokine storm. And that's the reason why people don't die from the COVID-19 virus itself. People die from the cytokine storm that it causes. Yep. That the, massive the effect has on the body. And, yeah, and, and this is like one thing that we always talk about when it comes to nutrition and, you know, even what we're doing with Frontline Warriors that we're going to be announcing, right, is that we're, we have to realize that everything matters. When it comes to conscious living, it has to do with everything about the five senses, mm-hmm. whether you're consuming the, the type of audio, the books, what you're listening to, but also it's about what you're consuming when it comes to food, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to literally have an effect. You and eating shitty processed foods, cool. You don't have to cook and you save all this time, but in the long run, you're making your body not functional. You're, you're creating mental clarity for what reason we could be functioning and being a higher performer. We live in a society where food is so abundant and there's so much food, but the thing is it lacks so much nutrition. Yeah. So like the, the amount of food that we have, you, you can't you can't go hungry in the US if you think about it, but you won't be hungry, but you'll be nutrition deficient. So you end up dying if you eat a standard American diet, right? If you eat a lot of fast food and stuff, that fills you up. A lot of carbs could have a lot of protein, but there's barely any kind of nutrition in there. It's just yeah. filling. And it's also marketing, right? Everything, the bag of chips look just as good as the apple. Mm-hmm. And marketing kind of like... Makes it look better than the apple. Dude. It makes it look better. And it kind of lied to us that, hey, this is the better option. Because mm-hmm. you have commercials about parties, snacking on chips. So you develop like, okay, hey, this is... The right thing that I should be doing at this time, whether what, what whatever's consuming or drinking a beer, mm. we're not seeing these repercussions on the body because we don't educate ourselves on healthy living clearly. Right. And it's crazy how you know we've been making these artificial foods, and yeah, we can't figure out a way how to make a healthy food artificially taste good. You know how have we not like done something like that? Like why can't we somehow take vegetables and produce them to make them taste like chips almost? I'm sure right? you can do something. Well, like, but that would make it so much more healthier than taking like a corn chip, which has barely any nutrient in it at all. It's from probably from monocropping. That's like shit. And why can't we combine like kale, carrot, or something, add maybe some few fucking flavors in it and make it a healthier chip, you could say, right? Like imagine how, how healthier that would be. That would probably be more expensive, 
But the healthy food in general is, is always a little bit more expensive for some fucking reason. It is. And then, again, back to the point that large corporations don't care genuinely about your health. Right. Therefore, there's no profit in doing that. And that's yeah. why it's not being done. Right. That's true. There's there's more profit in, you know, I'm not going down a rabbit hole, but making a freaking totally. vaccine and making everybody take a shot, mm. you know, putting, you know, um, businesses in place and now have like the safety label and that's all money man it's all that's all private agendas there's no agenda hey let's make the public healthier and that's why we're chatting about this mm -hmm. now that's why a couple of nurses here telling you what micronutrients you should be right. eating. yeah so back to zinc here so adults only really need anywhere from 8 to 11 milligrams of zinc if you're a pregnant breastfeeding woman you could increase that to about 11 and 13 milligrams unfortunately a lot of zinc is found in like fish seafood poultry so that might you know um bring some some ha some people down because some people are allergic to oysters or seafood just don't like seafood because seafood's kind of iffy on everybody not yeah. really seafood but 3.5 ounces of alaskan crab is about 7.6 milligrams of has about zinc but it's also very prevalently found in legumes nuts and seeds 100 grams of black beans is 6.5 milligrams so you know and it's cool because these are foods right so you don't eat black beans just to get your daily source of zinc right black beans also have magnesium so have, have other things so don't feel like you have to eat this one food just to get this one macronutrient. Foods are filled with different macronutrients, or yeah. micronutrients in this case. And then, and the more you're, we're going down this list, people are going to start realizing that it's all about. It's not about being a carnivore diet or about being vegan or just paleo. It's literally making a colorful plate mm. and consuming different types of foods. Meaning, right. you know, have fish twice a week and don't have red meat. So you're going to be able to. You know, get the vitamin, um, having some omega, or having some vitamin B6, which is known to be in, you know, salmon and things like that. Mm. So make your plate colorful. You know, have some peppers one day with onion and make like a fajita style. Next day, have some eggs and some nuts and beans and legumes, whatever. Have a salad. Like keep switching up your plate. That's the, that's the secret between a healthy lifestyle. Right. And the world's a beautiful place. It made so many outlets for you to get all this nutrition. Like Matt said, you know, if you're, it doesn't matter about your diet. You could be a vegan and you could still hit all these macronutrients. You could be a carnivore diet person. You could hit all these macronutrients or micronutrients. You, it doesn't matter what diet you are. It just depends on, on the food that, that you eat because you could do like a paleo diet and still be super unhealthy with it, right? You yes. could do a keto diet and still be super un unhealthy with it. There's it just doesn't matter about the diet. Diet is just a stamp that people put on because we like these fancy labels and we yeah. like to put ourselves in different categories and, and, and groups. But just focus on the food that you eat and don't get caught up with the whole what diet you're in because most of us Say we're in paleo, say we're in keto, but we're actually fucking not in either one. We're just doing our own thing. Right? Yeah, and sometimes you just want to have a little bit of ice cream, and that's yeah. totally okay. Hell yeah, I love ice cream. I had some yesterday. So, all right, iron. So it's crucial mineral again, It's and it's mainly for blood cells. And that's what we've been kind of always told about. Uh, when you think of anemia, you think of iron deficiency right away. Um, and that's, that has to do with creating, you know, hemoglobin, creating myoglobin. So it's everything that has to do with oxygen exchange. Um, iron is crucial. And roughly 10 million people in the U.S. have low iron. And about half of those people are iron deficient. Mm. Um, and it's not often that we check iron as like a, like a lab that should be checked like twice, twice a year, for example, mm. right? Yeah. Just like vitamin D that we talked about, which the doctor also chatted about. Like, you know, in Sweden and then I think in uh, Finland, they check vitamin D levels twice a year. Mm. And they make the public supplement. It's included in their insurance. Therefore, they could have had a better... Um, success when it comes to cases and mortality, right, for mm. COVID. Um, why, why can't we check iron, for example, if it's leading to other things, you know? Right. Like, there, there is such a low standardized amount of labs that we take 
that, that we don't actually check for because it's not a benefit for insurance companies mm. and it's not a benefit for prevention medicine because you know in America we like primary instead. Right. And even when you talk to your doctor, be like, hey doc, can I get this kind of level? They're like, oh, doesn't seem like you you would be low for that, so we're not going to do it, right? Yeah. Like when you ask your doctor just to get your testosterone check because you're curious, they're going to be like, why? You don't really need that, that check. Like, like it's crazy because like you're asking for these things and you're knowledgeable to the extent that you know what you're asking for because not only out of curiosity, but you kind of want to see where you stand and you can't. You can't because insurance is not going to bill it because they don't find it feasible. Right. Just, you know, exactly. just, like, just like vitamin D, dude. When I went to go get, check my levels... I actually had to like say like yeah I work night shift and I've been having trouble falling asleep and stuff like mm-hmm. that like I had to almost like bullshit explain in a yourself way. yeah explain myself just to get a lab value that is probably very beneficial for me you know mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 wild right. yeah with with iron like you said it's accounts for the creation of hemoglobin also helps with hormones and myoglobin and a lot of women suffer from iron deficiencies more than more than men just because they have the period you know once a month less birth point, control man. and they lose lose that you know blood and that hemoglobin so. A lot of times when women are feeling tired or kind of, you know, not feeling themselves, it's usually due to a low iron level just because they're more predisposed and susceptible to having lower, lower iron. So a lot of times if you're feeling down, drowsy, you can't get out of like a slump, you know, just take some iron and some B6 and, you know, that's really all my, it's really all you may have needed. You, you know, you don't going to go and get like a psych console because you feel more depressed this week than the last week. Just try like more feasible alternatives first instead of hopping on like SSRIs or whatever. Just try yeah. to make sure your your vitamins and you're making your diet appropriate for your lifestyle and, and your body. Yeah, and, and that's what's also wild, just like you just mentioned right now, you just take an SSRI or something, is like that we created this notion that our bodies are like vehicles and there's something broken in there, mm-hmm. right? So we think we could just like, we, we think we could just eat shitty and then you could just go to a doctor and the doctor's just like, hmm, I think... I think your um, your chemical SSRI is low. Let's let's take a pill and just crank up that SSRI. Mm. Well, like we're forgetting the whole aspect of what we're putting into our food, right? And the whole gut gut connection. We're forgetting about the mind. If you're still feeding yourself negative, unhappy thoughts, and you're you're in a toxic home, how is that pill just gonna solve all your issues mm. outside of life? Right. It's it's just not how it works. Like we don't look at the holistic picture at anything. Right. And neurotransmitters are formed somewhere, right? Like you need micronutrients to form these neurotransmitters, and if you're deficient in one, or you know your your let's say your your serotonin channels aren't working properly, maybe you're just deficient in like a micronutrient that's needed for proper function, right? Yeah. Because they're not gonna you know check your iron or anything like that to make sure that you know while you're not happy, they're going to well maybe because you're female depending on how the physician is, but they're going to automatically kind of assume that hey. If this is still going on for next month, maybe you should probably see a psychologist. They're going to recommend that. But what we recommend first is look at your nutrition, look at your life. You know, where are you in life? How is your nutrition? And that all has to flow properly so then you can flow properly as a human being. And, and that's mostly the issue with mm. what we're seeing in society is just not taking care of yourself at a healthy level. Mm. If we had this on check, we wouldn't be in a pandemic, but a pandemic of <laughs> obesity, type 2 diabetes and real thing that, that are really affecting your lives. Yeah. Kids committing suicide in an early age, depression. And one article I have uh, pulled up here from Psychology Today is that um, serotonin is found in the gut. Like 90% of serotonin is manufactured in the digestive tract, not in the brain actually. Which will, will, make, will make sense because and, if you know, nutrients are being absorbed there and stuff like that, that's where it would probably form. Yeah, and scientists found that gut bacteria literally produces neurotransmitters such as serotonin, 
uh, dopamine, norepinephrine, acetylcholine, GABA, which are all critical for mood, anxiety, concentration, the reward, motivation stuff. So, yeah. like, if you're consuming shitty food and your gut bacteria is feeding, feeling bad, and there's that direct correlation between the mind and the gut through the vagus nerve, hey, well, maybe that's why you might be having some issues, or maybe you're not an anxious person, but you have irritable bowel syndrome from a bad diet that's causing your gut bacteria to feel like shit, mm-hmm. or you're anxious on top of a bad diet, now you really have IBS, now you really might get Crohn's or divert- diverticuli because of all that inflammation from both the neurotransmitters that are being created from the gut, both mm-hmm. from poor mental choices, poor mental health, and then poor diet. Right. It's, it's crazy how it's all interconnected, but if people saw it for what that is, that's when people would start consciously eating more, consciously start taking care of what their five senses are absorbing because it's literally impacting you from a day-to-day level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if you're trying to change life, first of all, your diet, and then clean your room and go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's probably that. the way to go because if you, if you eat poorly and you change your diet, you're gonna first off feel good as a person. Two, you're gonna realize that you can accomplish shit because you just changed your whole diet yes. and now you feel so much better or you know a lot better than, than before. And three, that's gonna push you to change your other habits because you're like, damn, I just changed this much of my life of my life just by changing my diet. Imagine what else I could do. You know, it kind of pushes you forward. But back to iron. So how much iron do we need? If you're above the age of 18, anywhere from 11 to 18 milligrams of iron a day. If you're pregnant, breastfeeding, you can go anywhere from nine to 27. Of course, you know when we're pregnant, you know they're eating for two. You could you could say right. So bump it up a little bit, and then if you're you know in your menstrual cycle, if you're having your period, you can probably bump up that iron as, as well. Bump it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I just I'm laughing right now because like usually um when you're in the in the hospital and you, you know your patient needs the propofol increased mm-hmm. and I can't increase, I bump it up a little bit for me. You know, put up 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 by five mics mm-hmm. or ten mics. Yeah, yeah, bump it up a little bit. <laughs> bump you know? it up. You know, yeah, give yourself a little bit more iron, guys. Yeah. And iron-rich foods uh, main sources are going to be like lean meats, poultry, and seafood, just like with a lot of these things. But you can also find them in nuts and dried fruits. So one cup of pumpkin seeds that's eleven point three milligrams. It's not too much. You know. Um, 3.5 ounces of spinach is 2.7, and then 20, 290 grams of ribeye steak, 6.5. Yep, and then if you want to consume your organs like liver, it has a ton of iron. I've been always told I've, mm. I've been eating it from youth. So uh, good old days when my dad used to force me to eat liver, man. I was almost, I don't mind liver anymore. I almost cried by the table. Yeah, dude. It's funny. My I hate it the same liver. way, dude. Yeah, liver suck. I hate eating liver. Like, yeah, you know, they made it with liver and onions like every like so often, and you would hate them. Like it just wasn't appetizing. Yeah, they, they look weird. You know, it's just like, I don't want to eat this. It tastes weird. The texture is funny. Yeah. But now I appreciate it. What I would do is I would just salt it up and then cut up like cucumbers mm-hmm. and then, or pickles. I'm sorry. Cause they're, you know, Polish people, pickles, like have a pickle, have some liver, have another pickle, try to kill Mash the, taste. the taste. Yeah. yeah, it's, sure. it's, yeah dude. It's, a, it's a tough um, organ to eat. Yeah. I was the same way. Number seven, folate. So folate is usually, usually people talk, talk about it. When you think about pregnancies, you think about preventing neural tube defects. Mm-hmm. And those are one of those minerals that you want your um you want to be on when you're having a baby but it's important for overall health and it's referred to as vitamin b9 so it has to do with um dna repair creating enzymes for synthesis and mod- modifying dna and it's also part of the process to uh, produce red blood cells mm-hmm. so the above the age above uh, 14 you need 400 micrograms if you're breastfeeding you need about 500 to 600 mm-hmm. Most of folate is found in dark leafy green vegetables. Sometimes if you have absorption issues within a small intestine, you might have um, folate absorption issues. So 
spinach. One cup of cooked spinach is 263. So you got you got almost over 50% just from consuming one cup of uh, veggies. You got beef and liver, three ounces, 212, which is already half. Nuts, beans, and beans. 100 grams of kidney beans is 130. Yeah. So as always, like we mentioned, just have a freaking nice well-rounded diet of random vegetables all the time. Yeah, and a proper folate and folic acid amounts that leads to a crazy disease called spina bifida. If you guys don't know what spina bifida is, you know, check it out on Google, but it's crazy. It's just like the part of your spinal cord like pops out of your spine and it's just like hanging there covered with tissue. It's very detrimental. Yeah. It usually leads to death and improper uh, like mental and, and neurological um, like growth and development. Like it, it's crazy. I think nowadays, I think what I'm mistaken is either the physician prescribes you folic acid when you have a kid or they recommend it to go to like Walgreens and CDS and pick it up just to make sure you have enough I'm sure. Like I'm folic acid, iron, and, and, and B6 are, I think, like the, the three most common recommended supplements for women during during like their child childbirth um, process yeah. when they're pregnant. I have to, I'd have to look it up. I mm-hmm. think OMB is like my LND and all that stuff was my worst nursing yeah, it was. topic. It was, man. Like, I don't remember much. All I know is oxytocin for when you want to induce labor, right? Then there's like those pluses and negatives and opening the height, this, this, yeah. Crowning. Um, the cervix dilation and I'm just spitballing some things because I <laughs> that's how bad I know yeah, much yeah. I know about that but yeah. if you talk to, talk to me about IC oh, Pitocin mean, they gave Pitocin which resembles oxytocin for contractions yeah there was one time I took care of a lady uh, in the ICU that was uh, post postpartum mm-hmm. and um, she had a seizure she had a seizure I forgot what the um, during COVID no, no, not during COVID this was back in um, Hinsdale oh, uh-huh. but the reason why she um, had a seizure what is that term called? She, I don't know if she had gestational diabetes or she had the hypertension mm-hmm. where she's, she has pop- oh, preeclampsia. Preeclampsia, there we go. She had positive protein in the urine and everything, Damn. got a seizure. They had to do an emergency C-section so the baby was in a NICU and I had her, um, she actually extubated herself, dude. Damn. I know, but it's like, um, what was wild is we had to uh, increase her mag. Her mag was like five point or something or six. And I called yeah. the doctor about it, you know, cause I'm, Hey, the mag is five. Mm-hmm. And normally that's way too high for us, mm-hmm. but they wanted it to induce that high mag to, to prevent things. I think mm-hmm. it has to do with relaxing when it comes to the muscles and oh, preeclampsia, hypertension. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was wild as she extubated herself. And the first thing she's like, is like, where's my baby? You know, she's not even worried about herself or her yeah. breathing. I'm like, baby's okay. Baby's fine. Let's put some oxygen on you so you could freaking still breathe. She yeah. was fine, of course. She was yeah. young in her 30s. That's crazy. That was a nice way to end the episode, huh? Yeah, some story time, yeah. some good truth, and the seven micronutrients you should be consuming. Yep, those are vitamin B6, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, iron, and folate. Health is wealth, babies. Make sure you guys come on, like, subscribe on YouTube. Check us out at everywhereacompanyers.com. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.